You're listening to the Cash Valley Insider, conversations with founders, leaders, and creators about why they live, work, and play in Cash Valley, Utah. The Cash Valley Insider is a production of the Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce. Become a chamber member and learn more at cashchamber.com. On this episode, we talk with Wendy Hassan, Executive Director for the Cash Valley Center for the Arts. We talk about the culture and economic impact of the arts on Cash Valley, the effects of COVID on the arts, and resources to support artists. Welcome back, everyone. This is Chase, and I'm excited. Joining me today is Wendy Hassan, Executive Director of the Cash Valley Center for the Arts. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on the show, Chase. Of course. Um, I've been really excited to, to talk to you uh, because the, the arts are such a big part of our community. Um, it, it's so important for so many reasons from a cultural perspective, um, just a, you know, a quality of life perspective here in the Valley from an economic perspective. Um, Cash Valley is known for, for the art scene that we have here for, you know, that we've had for, for decades. Um, and this year it looks a little different and, uh, wanted to say the least, right. Um, with everything happening with COVID. So wanted to have you on to, to talk about the state of things and, you know, maybe, maybe if there's some, some bright spots that we can look forward to in the future, as well as resources out there to, you know, so that we can rally behind our arts community. So thanks again for, for being here. Thank you so much. And thanks for that marvelous introduction. I don't even know what I could add to it. You know the field as well as I do. Well done. Well done. <laughs> well, I've, I feel like I've been here for a few years and have been in the community and, and I just know what the arts mean to, to this community. Um, I, you know, first of all, I just wanted to ask, you know, how are you doing personally in the middle of COVID and everything that's happening? Like, how, how are things looking from your perspective and, and, you know, just in your life? Wow, just personally, goodness, it would be a lovely time to be able to be introspective and, and take some of this disruption to find inner peace and learn another language or something like that. But for those of us in the arts, it's, it's watching all of your work dismantled and it's so difficult to keep up with that it's, it's been a very stressful time. And we've seen a lot of folks that are on the whip tail of this, musicians whose gigs have been canceled, performers who had summer contracts that have been canceled, a lot of folks not coming to the area who usually would, a lot of uncertainty. I'm okay, but I'm very aware of the pain that is out there and, and very cognizant of any way that we can be helpful. You alluded to the, the richness of our artistic landscape in Cache Valley. It's true, and it, it has been since the mid-1800s, uh, since people started living here year-round. It's been a, a pretty remarkable place. We did some research back in 2016, audience intercept surveys and uh, looking at some of the organizations that we have, and it pretty much turned back that uh, within, and we just looked at the 84321, so we left out some major artistic organizations by just drawing that tight circle. The 84321 zip code has about 10 times the artistic activity of, an, of a community, its population size. So it's documented. I mean, it really is. And it's not just the typical suspects. We have performers who are ranchers and performers who are landlords and performers who have come from every walk of life. Our chamber director used to run a dance studio. 
our mayor of Logan is an arts administrator, has a degree in arts administration. Um, our visitors bureau director is a former marketer for an arts organization. It's deliciously rich. That means we take a disproportionate hit when it all comes tumbling down. We're, you know, we're going to go back a little bit and, and look back in time, but, but I want to know wh where does that, that come from? Can you attribute that back to any one thing? Like why, um, you know, wh why is there such a, a strong arts scene here? And why is it that, you know, our, our mayor, our, our chamber president, you know, how is it that the arts have permeated this community? Can you trace it back to any one thing? There are two stories that I love that are told by different arts administrators locally, and they're not stories I can prove, but the fact that they circulate tells you something about the values of the community. One is that when the pioneers were settling, the folks in Wellsville, the town fathers, would go out and meet the wagon trains and ask, do you sing? And if they said no, they'd say, drive on. <laughs> and if they said yes, they'd say, settle here. Now, we do know that there was a Salt Lake Tabernacle Choir, an Ogden Tabernacle Choir, a Wellsville Tabernacle Choir. So I think there probably was some competition for singers, and Wellsville was populated by Welsh folks. So you have some folks coming with a strong artistic understanding from other populated areas. The other story, so there's this, this image we want to have as a country folk, but who have high uh, artistic tastes and are very cultured and refined. The other story is that all of Shakespeare's works were performed in Cache Valley within 10 years of white settlement. Now, that seems kind of preposterous. I mean, have you read Titus Andronicus, right? I just don't see it. Yeah. Until you figure in 1860, in the wintertime, what else are you going to do? You probably have two books, a Bible and Shakespeare. <laughs> I'd rather act out Shakespeare. So right. it's, not, it's not outside the realm of possibility. And what they would call a performance would probably be taking your best quilt, putting it up in your house, inviting the neighbors over for a dramatization. It's not going to be footlights and massive theaters. So I think for sure there is also this kind of what else is there to do thing that's in our history. But I would say that the most important factor is really the financial support from generous sponsors. You look at the number of buildings titled Eccles, you go back to the number of buildings that were Thatcher buildings back in the day, you look at the support of the Danes family, the Israelson family. People have here put their money where their mouth is in terms of supporting it, and I challenge you to find any community that has the performance facilities per capita that we have in Cache Valley, with three historic theaters that were restored by different entities, one by the university, one by citizens owned by the city, one by an independent nonprofit, plus a historic tabernacle that's used for performances, plus high schools that are used for, for, for performances, plus three facilities on campus that are gorgeous, that are open to the community. And we've got more seats for arts butts than we have butts to put in art seats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a great way of putting it. Um, I mean, I think you just distilled it down so well. Um, just, just the impacts of the arts that, you know, the facilities, the infrastructure, it's, it really is impressive. And, and I think sometimes when you're driving down main street, you just take it for granted. Right. Oh, of um, 
you know, with, with that in mind, uh, you mentioned some of the facilities in the community. Can you share a little bit about your role and the organization? And um, I guess what what I guess what's the responsibility of a director of of the Center for the Arts, and and what role does the Center for the Arts play in all of this? In in promoting, inspiring, supporting our our you know our, our art scene here. Exactly that promoting, inspiring, facilitating, enabling. So we manage three cultural historic facilities that are owned by the city of Logan, the Ellen Eccles Theater, the Thatcher Young Mansion, and the Bullen Art Center. In a typical year, which of course we are not in, we would work with 50 different arts organizations for more than 100 performances, 2,200 art classes, and, and engage 111 thousand patrons a year. Now, when you consider that Cache County has 120,000 people in it, you know some of those people are coming more than once, but you also know we have a pretty broad penetration in the county of participation. And that's not counting, you know, the volunteers and the um, actors and the directors and the artists who sell their work here. That's just kind of the people who, who come in to engage from a consumer type side. One other interesting thing that we found, this is a total sidebar, in that same research that we did back in 2016, is that if you look at the folks who come to the center from out of area, our out of area visitors that restaurant tax funds support that every community wants to bring because they come spend their money and then you don't have to provide schools for their kids or sewers for their houses, right? Those folks in the audience, the greater number of them have the highest income level. So if you ask how much they make, like most of them make the most, they're in the highest category. But if you look at our local resident attendees, it's exactly the opposite. The greatest number of attendees are in the lowest income category that we measured. So we are serving a broad range of the community geographically and also socioeconomically. We're really reaching across the board there, which is really exciting. So our role in the Center for the Arts is mostly to make things happen here and to help stuff go on. We do a little bit of programming. We have an art camp where we hire the teachers and plan the curriculum. We bring a touring show, a touring season of internationally touring artists, about 10 shows a year that complement the other things that happen here. But mostly we have a front row seat for the amazing work that's done here by the people who work here, who perform here, who act, who dance, who sing, who design and organize these activities. So we're very in tune, I think, sometimes with, with the, that ecosystem of artistic activity. And because we are also the local arts agency for both Logan City and Cache County, which is a state designation that we get every two years, our role is more than just what happens here. It's also really nurturing all of the arts and helping all of the citizens engage. So if you're new to the area and you say, hey, I want to know about dance classes, we will tell you not only about Valley Dance Ensemble that is here, but Cash Valley Civic Valley at the Whittier and Toolers up the street and, and Light Ballroom and anybody else that we can engage you with because we're interested in having all of it be healthy and all of it do well. Just the, the amount of responsibility that you have, the organization that you manage has um, from helping bring productions to the Valley to hosting art classes uh, and courses. 
I, I want to come and take a, a, uh, uh, a clay throwing class, you know, a spinning yes, wheel please. class. I, I, I need to come do that when, <laughs> whenever those courses are available. Um, you know, pr- promoting all of the different venues and opportunities, that's a huge responsibility um, and such a huge, um, it's, it's, it's just such a benefit from, to, to this community in so many different ways. Um, with that said, um, I, I want to kind of transition into um, kind of what's the current state right now. Um, sure. You know, we, we understand the impact, the value, um, and we'll dig into some of that a little bit more, but I, I want to talk a little bit about how, how are you feeling now? Um, I guess, what's the state of the arts right now in our community <laughs> with, with COVID? We're seeing little bright spots start to come back, and each genre has its own runway. So if you can imagine a modern dance company that has to gather their dancers together to rehearse for several weeks before they can have a performance, they may not be able to come back as quickly, say, as the Nora Eccles Harrison Museum, which you can go into socially distanced and you can make your own schedule. Right now, they are open. And they have had a virtual tour available that you could take even from the comfort of your own home and see the great Chris Terry show that has been up. Now you can make an appointment up to two weeks in advance so that you know that you'll have enough distance. You can get interpretive materials that you you don't have to be with a person to get. And so you can have that experience a little faster, say, at the Nora Eccles Harrison Museum of Art than you could with Valley Dance Ensemble or Cache Valley Civic Ballet, which was the first show we fully lost. I mean, their, their backdrops were already here and they had to cancel Firebird. So it may be a little longer before they can come back. There are some auditions happening. So Music Theatre West is accepting video auditions for the Taffetas and Forever Plaid. Those are due July 13th. And Unicorn Theatre also has auditions coming up for their show, which will be July 15th. They're going to do their show in a park. So you can see how we're finding innovative ways to get some things done. Jump the Moon Foundation, which is a wonderful visual arts studio that's available to people of all abilities. It's about 5th North and Main, about 550 North Main. They're in a building that was originally an auto garage. So they had a drive-through exhibit. You could actually go through it with your car. And then keeping to the drive-through theme, Just last week, they had a fundraiser that was a drive-in, projecting the movie on the back of the Ellen Eccles, and about 100 cars came out, and we got some generous donations for Jump the Moon Foundation, which is an exceptional organization. We're so excited for them. Uh, Pickleville Playhouse is open with social distancing in place, and that's, of course, Garden City, just up the road. You will have to wear a mask if you go, and they are at reduced capacity, so you need to get your tickets fast, because... They'll go faster than even they do usually. We have an art camp that's happening at about 20% of its normal size so the kids can be spaced out. They have masks that they wear and there's a virtual component so some of it is happening at home. Many dance studios are holding classes. A lot of musicians have started teaching again. Uh, Cash Children's Choir will be following the university's structure so they'll probably be doing virtual classes. But as you can see, things are starting to bubble up a little bit. Yeah, it seems like the the larger the larger performances, right? Some of the larger venues, that's where some of the issues are. Is that is that safe to say? That you is know, safe the, to say. 
Yeah. And I imagine because of that, it's, you know, it's difficult to run a large production with reduced capacity in the audience, I imagine. And some of these touring groups, it's probably not even up to you whether they come or not. It's, it's, that's a decision coming from, from their side, not to tour anymore. Um, so what, what, I guess the summer season was, was greatly impacted, right? We kind of had a full slate, um, that, that ended up being canceled. But I'm glad that you mentioned the things that are starting to spring up and the adaptation that's happening and, um, you know, the need to be flexible and find new ways to, to interact with art. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned a few of those different avenues that, that are developing. Uh, are, are there any others that, that you see? Do you see people interacting with art in new ways because of all of this? I'm hoping that people will take this time to actually buy art from visual artists. That's a great way to support local. And our artist gallery is open now on Fridays from 1130 to about five. And so you'll start to see some limited hours come up. I'm sure any of them would open too to someone who is looking for a special uh, Father's Day is over now, but a special summer gift or a memorandum of being in the, in the, in the area. We, had some runners with one of the marathons that had a tradition that they'd buy a piece of local art at every location that they ran a race. Things mm. like that, I think, are marvelous. There is a source where we locate all of this information as we gather it. So if you go to cacharts.org and then follow the link to the arts directory, we have links to the websites of many local arts organizations. We have upcoming auditions listed there. We have links to two great event calendars, Now Playing Utah and Explore Logan, as well as a kind of arts-defined, specifically Cache Valley arts calendar that we also maintain. It's a great place to find out what's happening and to find artists to support, art to buy, gift certificates to buy for the future, all of those things. Oh, I think that's great. And, and I'll include a lot of that in the, in the description as well for, for these, you know, this video and the podcast. Um, I, you know, kind of going back again to like the new ways that people are interacting with, with art. I, I think the, the drive-in movie was, was an interesting idea. I, I don't know the history as well. Has Cash Valley had a, a drive-in theater? Did we ever have one at, at any point? I think we did, but I don't actually know that. I would love to know more about that. Yeah. If anyone I, knows. I imagine that we did at some point, but I, I think that was an interesting way to help people experience, um, you know, film in, in a different way that maybe they hadn't before. You know, I've only been to one drive-in movie one time, um, and, it, and it was years ago, and, and pr- probably most people haven't experienced that. Um, and so maybe in the midst of all of this, um, maybe that's a, a new tradition, a new opportunity, something that will stick beyond this, even when we get past COVID. It's nice to know, oh, Cash Valley now has, has a venue to be able to host drive-in, drive-in movies and drive-in films um, on, the back of, uh, on the back of the theater, which I thought was a great idea. So, you know, I, you know I, I'm just interested to see, you know, some of these new um, ways to interact with the arts, you know, how many of them will stick. And I hope so, because that I, I feel like that'll just make an even more robust and vibrant and exciting art scene here in the community. I agree. I agree. Um, it's kind of difficult to start putting things back together because mm-hmm. of that. You know, now we've taken everything down. How do you, how do you begin to come back? Drive-ins, I think, are a great way to start. Um, there's also some kind of interesting initiatives going on that people should know about. The Brigham City Museum of Art and History are collecting COVID stories. So think about 
you know, the World War II, when especially the British were really encouraged to keep individual journals. And a lot of the information that we have about that time was taken from personal journals people kept during a, a very interesting time. So if you took some time now to process what you're going through, get it on paper, and then share it with the Brigham City Art and, and History Museum, or we, fingers crossed, will be bringing the moth, uh, which is a storytelling true stories as remembered by the teller without notes on stage in October. And they're looking for local tellers. They don't have to be COVID stories, but while we can't be gathering for theater, it's a great time to do storytelling on your own. Mm. Oh, that's great. No, that's really exciting. Um, I, and I love that idea of, of telling local stories and something that I feel like Cash Valley has done a, a, a good job of. Maybe you can share a little bit about, well, you, you kind of did, right? How much of the arts community is, is crowdsourced. It's from this community. It's stories from this area, you know, from, from local artists. Can you speak to, to that? And this might be the best time to actually begin creating our own plays. The Parker Theater, which isn't in Cache Valley, it's in Salt Lake, but they reopened their theater with a COVID Tales. That's not the right name, but it was vignettes. So each of the actors was distanced and it was a short show so that you're not exposed to each other for so long. And they created it in the moment right then. And what a marvelous way to create things. I know we have improv groups in town. We also have... Uh, through the university, there's a fabulous uh, class that teaches, it's the, the Fusion Project. And they have created stories as they've gone through things. And it would be wonderful to see stuff like that generated now. I think we do more of other people's stuff now than creating our own kind of as a nation. It'd be nice to have that turn around. Right. Well, I, I think... Your organization and the the larger arts community here is is diverse in in the offerings, right? Um, what do you think? What do you think is missing from from that um, from that selection, right? Um, I think we've got you know a film festival. You've got um, you've I don't know. You've got a variety of um, of, of offerings um, when it comes to the arts. Um, What's missing? What are some of the disciplines or um, the specialties or, you know, the, the types of art, the mediums that you wish that we had or, and, and you're actively working to try to try to develop or foster or encourage? Or maybe you're not even thinking about that. This, it's, maybe it's not a good time to think about that right now challenge to find things we don't already have here. So in my seat, getting these calls from agents, and I have to say, in Cache Valley, we are perfectly positioned for touring shows. There are people going through north, south, east, west to more populated areas where it's us or a night in a hotel. And so we get more requests to perform here than we could ever possibly accept. And often we turn them down because you know, we don't need this because we've got it. There's somebody else who does really great children's theater or there's somebody who's already bringing in classical artists. And so we really try to find things in those touring shows that fill the gaps. And the things that have been most successful, I mean, there's a lot of really diverse programming out there. Um, when we brought Black Violin last year, I mean, that's a rock concert, classical meets hip hop kind of fusion experience that's not being produced locally. Um, a lot of times we'll bring stuff that's here, but then we'll engage them with folks who are doing that work. So when we brought 
the ballet of Anne of Green Gables. We worked very closely with Cash Ballet, Civic Ballet on that. When we brought Jake Shimabukuro, who's an amazing ukulele virtuoso, we connected him with, we had, did you know we have a ukulele festival? In I, I heard that, yeah. We have yeah. a ukulele festival in Cash Valley, and all of the, I'm going to forget it, I think it might be sixth graders actually study ukulele. And so we were able to tap into what's already here with this nationally touring professional ukulele I, th- I think that's, that's probably especially interesting where you take someone who's at the height, right, of, the, of their, their craft and then pair them with aspiring artists of the same discipline. And that probably is really inspiring for that group in particular, right? It's pretty amazing, but it does go both ways. So mm-hmm. when Jake came, um, KSM Guitars gave away a couple of ukuleles and they gave them away to people who would write songs and submit them to us. And one of the winners was a family who got together, wrote a song, did a music video, and it was professional quality, fabulous, a, a fabulous music video and a great song. And a junior in high school who wrote her own song. And you could tell by the way it was recorded that, you know, it wasn't flashy and presentational, but it was a really good song and a thoughtful and heartfelt sentiment. And Jake was really touched by that. So you could see that the inspiration kind of goes both ways. And sometimes it's unusual when we brought, and this was a few years ago, the Tibetan monks came and did a sand mandala in our ballroom. And one of our visual artists, Michael Bingham, happened to stumble upon it. He started hanging out there and just watching them and absorbing this process. He did a whole series of paintings based on the monk's work. So you can see this cross-pollination of ideas and it can be really fulfilling. I think that's where it it gets to be really exciting is when you have that critical mass of artists, right, in a community and people coming from the outside and and the cross-pollination, right, that happens from that is you know, that, that's really exciting. And I think we've definitely hit that point as a community um, where you've got that, that many artists and people who appreciate the arts um, being able to, to cross paths. Um, what, what is the impact? Um, I know we're feeling this right now, um, the Summer Citizen Program. Um, and having, and do you mind sharing a little bit about that program? And um, I imagine we're, the numbers for that program are significantly down, or if not, you know, having, we don't have any people from that program here in the community. What, what is that program and, and what is the impact of that program on the arts during the summertime? I want to be a summer citizen. It sounds like so much fun. <laughs> so people come from warmer climes and they come here where it's 20 to 30 degrees cooler than it is in their home communities. And they live in student housing, which is vacant during the summer often. And they'll attend all of the performing arts that are here. They attend the noon music at the Tabernacle. They um, eat out a lot. The restaurants, the hotels, the lodging association, all of the apartments see a huge impact from the Summer Citizens Program as well. While the university has canceled the official program, I do believe there are some folks in that demographic who have come of their own volition to stay. And we've seen a few folks around. And so we, we hope to, to see them out at some stuff as things begin to be uh, reinstated a bit. They bring not only um, bodies to fill vacant spaces that have been left by students, but also a wealth of experience and knowledge and diversity 
And I know a lot of them come and get their medical care done here because we have excellent dentists and physicians. And, and I think that they, they bring an awareness, a cognizance, a, a world knowledge that is fascinating to be in the orbit of. I enjoy hanging out with them. Well, we, we definitely miss having them here in the community. Um, I, I'm planning on talking with um, the director of, of the, you know, our cash tourism group, Julie, um, a little bit more about the impacts of, of, that, um, of that program. Um, but definitely, we, you know, we're feeling the impacts of that this, this year in particular and the significance of that. And, uh, but I thought it was important to, to mention the connection with, with your organization and, and the different programming offered for them. Um, with, with that, can you speak to, um, you know, we've talked to the, the cultural impacts of the arts on the community and touched on some of the economic impacts. Can, can you speak to some of that as well? You know, what, what is the economic impact of, of the arts on, you know, in, here in Cache Valley? So the study that we did back in 2016 was actually an economic impact of the arts on Cache Valley. And we utilized the budgets of 24 different arts organizations, again, limiting it to that 84321. So there were many excellent organizations that fell outside that boundary. So we can say conservatively and with um, great confidence that we have a $31 million economic impact on Cache County. And that is not just, you know, we pay people who then pay rent and buy groceries when they come to do the shows, but also the visitors that we attract from outside. And that's primarily what these economic impact studies measure is, you know, are you from out of area? Are you bringing in these resources, this money, this tourism dollar to help and support our community? And we at the, at the theater, I can tell you that in the summer, our patronship is about 75% out of area usually. And in the wintertime, it's about 25%, totally flipped. And we're still bringing people in the winter, which is important because we need the room rates high in the winter almost more than we do in the summer when tourism is a little easier because the weather is nicer. The one thing that study doesn't gather, which I think is very important, is the amount of local entertainment spending that we capture and keep. So people aren't just heading to Salt Lake or to Ogden or to California or New York to get their entertainment. We have the same touring Broadway shows that go to the Eccles in Salt Lake that go to Chicago. I've seen posters for some of the shows we've brought in New York, in Chicago, in LA and thought, yeah, the show's in Logan. So (laughs) you don't have to go that far to catch a lot of really great stuff. In addition to the homegrown stuff. So that's a pretty significant bite. It'll be difficult this year to tease out specifically the arts impact from the general COVID impact because a lot of people are just staying home anyway or tourism that might be due to recreational opportunities is also not happening. So we won't be able to draw a big circle around it, but we know it will be a significant and a major hit and I think that's, you know, that study, it seems like is, is so important when you're going back to organizations like the city, the county, the state, and asking for funding. Because if you can show, okay, you put this much in and it multiplies this much in economic exactly. impact, right? That's, that's the language that's, that's spoken, right? At, you know, at the city, county, and state level yes. to a degree. And, and that's 
probably not a fun game that that you have to play in, in your role. But I have um, to say, actually, we get tremendous support from Logan City, Cache County, all the municipalities, and from the state. So I, I think over the years, people have come to recognize the not only the impact we have, but what we do for quality of life. And it's sometimes financial and sometimes in kind and sometimes just a word in the right ear. Uh, sometimes it's, I have a person with expertise who can come help you with that thing or point you to a resource. So a lot of it isn't even accounted for, but we are very, we feel very supported and we're very grateful for that. That's good to hear. Well, then it's probably more fun than I made it sound like. So <laughs> that's good. I'm glad that that's- It keeps us honest. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's to tell great. story. Um, so with that said, with, with COVID and the impacts, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk um, and, and um, you know, some different bills that have been passed, some funding that's, that's been distributed. Um, you know, how much of that is going back to the arts um, and, and how much support has, you know, because again, to be, to have performances canceled, like people still, you know, the people's jobs depend on this. Um, you know, our, our community in a lot of ways depends on, on the arts. Um, and, and so some kind of stimulus is, is really, you know, is, is essential in a lot of ways to, to keeping our economy going. Um, it, what has been the response, um, you know, to funding and continuing to support the arts, especially during this critical time? It's so important. It really, really is. There are resources that are not exclusive to the arts that are being extensively used. We were able to get a payroll protection plan loan. Many other organizations were, including for the first time, sole proprietors and many artists, musicians, actors, designers, directors are part of the gig economy. They go from job to job. Being able to show that they've lost that income and then have that support is huge. Having unemployment cover individuals who are self-employed was a huge benefit. I spoke with a young woman yesterday who had her summer arts contract canceled uh, with one of our summer engagements, and she does not know a theater professional who is not unemployed right now. Being able to tap into those national, national resources to have some way to get through this is enormous. There is uh, county funding that we get through restaurant tax and the recreation arts, parks, and zoos allocations, which have just been given out, knowing that some of us won't be able to do the programs we had planned. There was tremendous support from the committee, understanding that some of the expenses we underwent for shows that were canceled were things that we couldn't get back. And they were willing to reimburse those. They also understood the importance of our keeping our teams together and keeping people employed so that they don't go to other areas. And when we can return, we don't have access to them anymore to bring those things back. The Utah Division of Arts and Museums has an operations grant program. They additionally had a little bit of CARES funding that has already been distributed. We were able to be the beneficiaries of some of that. And there should be, I hope, more. The legislature just passed a big CARES Act bill. The primary arts piece of that will really only be open to, to organizations with assets of, not assets, but general operating uh, budgets of $5 million or more. Um, most of us are out of that. Go to 
artsandmuseums.utah.gov. There are resources for individuals, for artists, for organizations there. Coronavirus.utah.gov slash business has a lot of those other things that are available to arts and all other organizations. We need to take advantage of all of those that we can. And um, then, of course, cacharts.org. You're welcome to come to us, too, and we'll point you to anything that we can find as well. Well, that's great. Um, with that said, um, you've touched on this earlier as well, but what do you see as the future of the arts in Cache Valley? How are you feeling about our future? <laughs> I think we're going to have to come back a little carefully. So one of the things that we're doing here at the center, and I'm very excited about this, um, we, again, with the help of some generous sponsors, because this is not something we could normally do, we are opening up the theater to local performers. We're just going to split the gate with them. We're going to seat 100 people in our 1,100 seat space so we can do plenty of social distancing. We can practice the new guidelines in a safe way so that by the time we're able to allow more folks in, we have those mastered and we can build confidence and also provide some income for some of our local artists who have had all of that taken away. They're called Random Acts, Getting Our Act Together. We have the first, we have several in the works, but we have the first two contracted. So the first one will actually be July 17th, and it will be um, JD and the Brass Saddle Band. And then on July 31st, we'll have Craig Meekham. There are many others, but I can't tell you about yet because we haven't solidified everything, but we're very excited to have performers back in this space. A couple of interesting things that have happened as we've done that. One artist told us that they'd had 21 paid gigs canceled between March and May. Imagine... Wow like supporting your family when something like that happens. Another, we did some back and forth emailing, got everything straightened out, settled it, we're all good. Immediately we get a phone call and they say, we're so happy to be booking shows. We're just so happy. We just had to call and tell you, we're so happy to be doing something. Um, this is an opportunity because we're subsidizing this so heavily to perhaps invite some performers who otherwise couldn't afford to be in the Ellen Eccles, just because it's hard to carry the weight of that 1100 seat space. And we would love to hear from some of our groups that we don't want anybody to rehearse together who shouldn't be hanging out together, but there might be family singing groups or there might be folks that have a broader cultural array of performance experience or even lectures or, um, we, the, the sky is the limit on the diversity that these could have. And we'd love to start hearing from people who'd like to participate. Oh, that's exciting. Um, I, you know, I'm with you. I think the future is bright. I think there's definitely things that have to be sorted through and procedures and policies. And I think what you're doing, it's, it's a great way to start to navigate that mm -hmm. um, before you go to some kind of full scale production. I imagine for you, it's, it's, probably great to start to at least get back into the that thought process of a production and and even on a small scale and do it safely and figure out how how to do that appropriately so that's got to be fun for you to get back into that that mode in a way so exciting we're just so happy to be doing something yeah, yeah <laughs> something no. positive i should i should say because we, we haven't been quiet the work involved in dismantling everything we had put together was like it was a huge amount of work and it was so unrewarding. <laughs> this yeah. is so much better. 
<laughs> right, right, right. Well, hopefully more of that to come. Um, yes, with, with that said, um, how do people stay in touch with your organization, with the Cache Valley Center for the Arts, um, to, to just stay in touch and hear about the new productions that are coming out and all the opportunities that you have available? cashearts.org, that arts directory page is where we will list all kinds of things we hear about from all the arts organizations that communicate with us. If there's an arts organization out there that's not on our list, we welcome you to come and let us get you connected to others. If you're interested in the shows, email ticketing at cashearts.org. Let's talk about dates. If you are interested in upcoming events, they're also at cashearts.org, also on Explore Logan and nowplayingutah.com. Perfect. Well, great. That's, you know, everyone go and find out what's happening with, with our arts organizations. Uh, Wendy, thanks for everything that you do. Um, appreciate you taking some time today. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can find some new ways to experience art, um, even in the mid- middle of everything going on. I think art can be a great outlet, especially right now. Um, you know, something to, you know, it, it, you don't want to be distracted from what's going on necessarily, but something that, can maybe help you feel something, um, especially right now. So find some balance and do something creative. Totally. Yeah, that, that is so important. So thanks for all you do to, to support and help grow the arts community here in the Valley. Thank you. Thank you so much. Of course. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Cash Valley Insider. Subscribe and listen wherever podcasts are found. And don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. Learn more about the Cash Valley Chamber and become a member at cashchamber.com.